Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey, kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. It's comics. And here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And it's like we never go away. You sound like you're not going <laughs> to enjoy this. Um, we're back. Very yeah. briefly. Again, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for uh, our first impressions on Batman vs. Superman. Dodge. Dodge. Dawn of Justice. Ah. Let's see. We have just this minute got in. From the cinematic fest. I didn't say crap fest. That's true. You'll notice that was Batman vs. Superman. Go on, you may as well start. <laughs> spoilers! Yeah, there's going to be some spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. So. Okay. I did like some parts of it. I liked the first hour, you know, when it was two completely separate yeah. movies. There were some, some very good <laughs> When it followers. felt like I was watching a Superman movie and then changing the channel and then watching a Batman movie and then changing the channel back watching a bit more of the Superman movie. That bit I quite liked. Yeah, okay. So there were some very strong performances from yeah. the majority of the cast. Amy Adams especially. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne was brilliant. Stole the film for me. Uh, in a plot line that feels very familiar. In a plot line that feels like they've ripped out some pages from The Death of Superman, and so ripped out some pages of The Dark Knight Returns. And then a bit. Well, no, I felt the Daily Planet stuff, we've seen that in Netflix's Daredevil. <laughs> ripped out some Daredevil. With a journalist who wants to capture the truth to, for a publisher who knows that the truth doesn't sell in a newspaper anymore. Yeah, well, this is what happens when you worship at the altar of Frank Miller for 30 years, isn't it? That's true. So, you know, great great performance for the majority. Yeah. Uh, some nice bits. I can't remember what I liked about it. <laughs> You're struggling to remember what out of the Batman 155 was, minutes yeah, that you liked. Batman was very... It was a very good interpretation of Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not the Batman we deserve or have been waiting for, as some people have been saying. He's the Batman you deserve and have been waiting for if you've only ever read Frank Miller comics. Yeah. Or The Killing Joke. Mm. Another example. <laughs> Thank you, boys from the gods. Um, but yeah, so I liked some bits of it. I was laughing at the end, but what made you laugh about the death of somebody at the end of the film? That it was done for the sake of it. Yeah, and then oh, of, of course he had a wedding ring. Uh, uh, well, for me, it. for me, the the problem with the end where it suddenly turns it from the Dark Knight returns into the death of Superman, mm. because of course, let's make a Superman story all about Batman. Yeah, well, it was a Batman film. Yeah, very definitely. It was a Batman film with Superman in it. It's one of the best things about it because it was a better Batman film than it was a Superman film. And it was a much better Batman film than the last Dark Knight yeah. movie, which was boring as hell. So, right, I liked... Um, I thought it was interesting, but I liked that Bruce has a, future, a vision of the future. Yeah, but since when does Batman have prophetic dreams? Mm, see, I would have preferred it not be a dream. Have the Flash warn him. Yeah. But my thing with that was what I found interesting was that is based, very definitely based, on the Injustice video game done by the people who made Mortal Kombat. And the Injustice comics, I presume. Which was which based I read the first on the two years. Yeah. Which is a good concept. Yeah. And they did well in ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but it was and it was interesting to see parademons as well. Yeah, and you spotted Motherbox. Yeah, because that was one of the best things about it. I thought it was a very interesting setup to a new gods film. Yeah. You had the Motherbox, but in that and... was a problem with it as well. In it's like it, was... it suddenly stops to yeah. set up another film. Well, it was a better setup movie for Wonder Woman and a new gods film than it was a Justice League film. Yeah, the Justice League film just felt shoe on. That in. was very blatant. 
Because like you said, it would have been better to just see the little icons on Bruce's computer and that was it. Instead of... I don't know, don't know there are people that are going, you didn't know when Marvel did this shit, but Marvel did it over how many films? Eight years worth of films. So, you know, you, it's, it's apples and oranges, isn't it? Not just that, but when Marvel do it, it's a newspaper headline. Mm. It's a, a shield in the corner. Yeah. It's not a five minute scene where we watch videos of our heroes posing in front of cameras. That the grind the film that you are watching yeah. to a halt. And not just that, but... So they've recast The Flash. Yeah, it's not Grant Gustin. In a, a justified decision. Yeah, they're, they're doing a, this multiverse Yeah, because there's a very definite change in tone, difference in tone from the films to the TV shows. Mm. However, if you're going... Yeah, the TV shows are good. Well, if you're going to recast an already established character... Mm at least having better cast than the already established character. We've not seen enough of Ezra Miller to be able to say whether he's better or oh. worse than Grant okay. Gustin. So My issue with it is, if you're going to recast it, you know, cast a Barry Allen that is at least similar to the guy in the comics. So, to the guy in the TV show, yeah. right, is a, is a decent cast for Barry, better as Peter Parker, but a good cast for... He's an excellent piece of casting for Barry Allen as a younger man. Which is yeah. what the TV show is going for. So How about giving us a Barry Allen in the Justice League that is actually a Barry Allen from the comics? Instead of this scrawny guy with a bad moustache and a ponytail. I didn't even notice the moustache, but I noticed the her. Yeah. The, the hipster her. So, so that, yeah. that, that wasn't no. that, that great. Um, I like that it picks up directly kind of parallel to Man of Steel. Place, which, yeah, I liked that because... The Man of Steel is what everyone goes to to take the piss out of for mm. collateral damage, and that's how much that costs. Destruction part. Yeah. Mm. And the... Because it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's... Because uh, I didn't remember the amount of destruction until I saw it the other day. Yeah, we rewatched it before we went watching yeah. this. And I enjoyed Man of Steel much more this time round. Well, the thing... You didn't. <laughs> no. But by the end of Man of Steel, you get that Superman is there for good, mm. and that there is still that hope. Yeah. Despite the destruction. So why is he so maudlin in this but film? By the and so the setup for Batman vs Superman takes that criticism for that destruction and makes it a part of the film, yeah. which is a wise decision because then you're addressing the complaints. Mm. And Bruce Wayne is in the right from the get go. We then jump to Superman in the narrative. Yeah, that's not you saying you think he's in the right from the get go, and that should be Superman being a good guy, justifying those actions, being a force for good to make up for something that he was a part of. Mm. Instead... He wasn't responsible for it, no, but... but he wasn't irresponsible for it. Yeah. But instead, we get a Superman who only justifies Bruce's hatred. Mm. Because the creators of the film aren't interested in making a Superman film. No. They're interested in making a Batman film. And it... Because a lot of people want to do, people wouldn't trust Superman. Yeah, but no, standard DC trope. Of nobody the really has gotten it right, especially not on this film because they're not interested in telling a Superman as a hero film. Hmm. Because every time they did the whole Superman's a hero, it felt forced. Hmm. It's scenes of Superman hovering above people drowning. Yeah, I mean the the thing with the no more symptomatic of that was when he shows up at the Senate hearing with Holly Hunter. Yes. And instead of arriving and being all humble, you know, like when Christopher Reeve arrives at the UN in Superman Four, hmm. and he's all humble and he shakes people's hands and he smiles and he says, "Yeah, it's okay, I'm here, it's all right." He hovers above them, yeah. so everyone has to look up at him. Which in itself is arrogant. Yeah, that and was... then he walks in in perfect silence. He doesn't address the crowd. He doesn't look at anybody. Yeah. At no point does Henry Cavill smile. He just kind of scowls throughout the entire film. And then and then everything blows up around him. And he just stands there. And he just stands there. And the, the, I, I kind of like the bit after that where he says, "I didn't see it, maybe yes. because I wasn't looking." Because I was thinking, I don't like this yeah. because. Superman wouldn't just stand there. He'd see something, he'd, he'd do something. He would have tried to at least get to the guy and engulf the explosion. So I am happy that they addressed it and proved me wrong for being so judgmental so early. Mm. But, yeah. See, I see, I like the first hour quite a bit. And I liked that, even though it's a, it's a narratively interesting decision mm. to have two parallel movies well, that running way, along at the same time. I accepted that because it's a. I knew it was a decompressed mm. two and a half hour film. And it, and it felt like the script was rewritten for the Batman bits. 
But the cat just left the Superman bits alone. Did it? So I was kind of like that. The best parts. Lois didn't seem to do much apart from be rescued. Although I did like how much she she was in it. Mm. I like that it did that. That felt more like a sequel to Man of Steel than Hey, here's Batman. Because yeah. if you look at the Batman stuff, you want to get Alfred. There's no Commissioner Gordon. It's a very good Alfred. Yeah, he's very good Alfred. And there's the, the costume with scrawl on it. I can't even remember what it says now. But the implication being that the Joker has killed Robin. Yeah, giving you death in the family was interesting. In that this is this Batman's first movie appearance, but we're looking in. 20 years into Yeah, he's career. been Batman for 20 years. It doesn't establish anywhere that he's been retired for a certain amount of time, does it? No. Although we do see a Robin costume. Yeah. So he's been Batman for 20 years. So that must lead into Suicide Squad. I presume so, where the Suicide Squad takes place before because this. Because we know for a fact that Affleck's Batman is in, is in the Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, which we got a trailer of before the film. And, I mean, ultimately... It's nowhere near as narratively interesting as The Force Awakens. No. There's not as much to chew on. And there's more of it. And there's more of it. And this is, I think this is ultimately my big disappointment with it. Um, all week I've been avoiding spoiler reviews, but as usual, you've had your flags mm. planted, your Marvel versus your DC guys. Yeah. Which assumes, A, that the people that have paid money to go and see this film give a rat's ass about Marvel or DC. How many people who go and watch these movies even care? Well, the even, a Marvel, the even a DC. said the people who go in the cinema, there isn't one at the end of these credits if you wait in. Yeah, this isn't a this, you know. So you, but are they just saying this is a superhero movie without a bit at the end? Well, the Marvel have made yeah. it. And then the other side of this argument, I've seen nothing but with with all the best will in the world, lovely listener. I have seen the ardent defenders of the film, and you know, I applaud you if you're going to defend the movie. I will, I will gladly listen to a podcast or whatever of someone defending this. And I think John and Trenters have just done one, what went up today. So I'm going to eagerly listen to that, because I I presume that will be a defence. I want to know what people like. I want to to listen to a strong defence of the film, because the ardent fans of it have immediately pounced all over the critics, saying, Chris, what do critics know? Which is, it's not that when they agree with you. Isn't it their job to criticise? Well, yes, but at the same time, the level of criticism that this film has got was unfair. I didn't think this was as bad a film as, say, any of the Transformers movies, which has ultimately made tons of money at the box office, but was savaged by the critics. Similar to this one. Yeah. But my ultimate problem with it has been, from a fan point of view, the defenders of the movie have basically defended it by attacking the people that like the Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, you know, you just don't... If you like the Marvel movies and all that quippy stuff, you're just not ready for the complexities of Batman v Superman. You've got to be wrong from the... If you're attacking as a defence, you're in the wrong from the start. If you're attacking what somebody likes to defend what you're liking, you're wrong. And I'm sorry, but The Winter Soldier alone had more complexity than Batman v Superman. Thank you very much. That is exactly the point I was going to go to. That's implying that, A, the Marvel movies have no deeper themes to them. Yeah. Whereas, as you just pointed out, the Winter Soldier completely nullifies that argument. But even something as light and frothy as Ant-Man is dealing with a quite interesting topic for one of these big temple summer blockbusters yeah. of a man-father's relationship with his daughter. That's a theme. Yeah. That's an interesting theme. It's a relatable theme. What relatable theme is in Batman vs Superman? I dislike this godlike being because he destroyed one of my buildings. That was... Comedic. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to go about being good when the entire world's against me. Lex Luthor's little stroppy breakdown at his speed. Yeah, what, what? I mean, I know they're dealing with topics of national security again. Yeah. And terrorism again. Which would have worked if done well. Well, they did all that in Man of Steel. Yeah. It's like, find a new record. But one of the best things that they were doing was what is the flip side of that on a ground level? Yeah. Batman is. Ben Affleck is us and how Superman's actions have affected us. But then when you get to halfway through the film and that Batman is kicking the shit and nearly killing Superman Mm. and then fighting Doomsday, Mm. you've lost that relatable... yeah, he's, concept. Yeah, the, um, the, and they, they wanted to have their cake very much and eat it, though. Which and, they did and, until and, then. Well, in that final confrontation, you've got Batman, like you said, going up against Doomsday, but then having to hide, because ultimately he is useless against this threat. Yeah. 
but they don't deal with that because we love Batman and it's all about Batman and can we blow Batman some more <laughs> at the expense of making Superman a punching bag yeah which is essentially what it is isn't it with, uh, there's nowhere in this film is Superman Superman nowhere no. in this film is he the Superman I grew up reading about he's not the Superman we had in Man of Steel he's not that hope on his chest yeah it's like at no point in this film do I believe that Superman is a symbol for hope. He comes across as completely alienated from the people he's supposed to protect. Mm. He comes across as somebody completely aloof. His only connection to humanity is through Lois, which yeah. is why we have to keep putting Lois in danger, because at no point are we shown that he cares about humanity in any way. He cares about Lois. Yeah. That's it. End of conversation. The filmmakers don't go to any effort whatsoever to show that Superman is adored or loved, apart from a few lines of lip service yeah. and a couple of the placards when he's been petitioned outside the Senate. There are a couple of placards that are pro-Superman. And his mum. But you'll notice that the camera lingers more on the anti-Superman ones. Yeah. And that, the theme of this film is, if Superman existed today, we would run him off the planet. Because we don't trust anybody anymore. We don't like anybody well, anymore. For, I do think the first, up until they blew up that, that, that Senate, yeah. it was a very interesting film. Because you had that woman who... But yeah, the first hour was happy moments. It was that woman who knew Superman could be a threat. But the flip side of that is everything he's done is with good intentions. Mm. And that the worst thing you can do is piss off a Superman. Yeah. And then she blows up. And just like she blows up, so does the plot. But so does the interesting concept. Doesn't this play into World War Hulk, though? That everything he does just makes it worse. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So everything Superman does in this film just makes it worse for himself. Well, that's not Superman's fault. No, it it's isn't. It's the scriptwriter's fault. And the filmmaker's fault. Yeah, yeah the filmmakers are not pro-Superman in this movie. No, in any way whatsoever. You can't go into a film biased towards one character. Yeah, and they're trying, they're trying very desperately to make it look like Batman's ambiguous. And Simon Mayo actually asked Ben Affleck the question when he interviewed him on the movie show. So Batman's the bad guy in this film, right? And Ben, excuse me, and Ben Affleck kind of backed back a bit, and he said, "Well, that's the question we're asking." And from that interview, I thought, all right, well, this is going to be interesting then. Batman is clearly going to be the bad guy. Mm. We're clearly going to get a definitive point of view that, yes, Superman may have not been directly responsible, but was involved in the war against the Kryptonians that did cause all this loss of life and destruction. But, ultimately, we have come to realise he's on the side of the angels. And Batman will ultimately be proven to be wrong. Mm. And we never got that. No. Why, how did the big climactic fight end? Your mum's got the same name oh. as mine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what it came down to. Which, that fight... And that fight was just laughably stupid. It was. Because my first problem with it was, well, the fight itself. Yeah. Superman goes to... We can get past... He's Okay, he's not thinking straight. His mum's in danger. Yeah. He flies to Batman, and instead of saying... Bruce, Batman. Well, he does try to talk no, to No, he Batman. doesn't. He does. He says, Bruce, I, I need your help or something. Right. But whilst he's doing that, he's squaring up to Batman. Yeah. Which is... Don't do, you know, do that. Do you know what he sh There's two things that should... That's where the, the film completely lost me. Yeah. I said to you in the cinema while we were watching it, that first hour, like you say, was interesting. There's a lot of good ideas in there. There's a lot of interesting themes that they're exploring. Yeah. And then they just completely bollocks it up from that point because forward. Because you remember it's Batman versus, not yeah. Batman and... And you've got to give people what you've put in the marquee. So there are two things that could have happened at that point, though. Either... When Lex says, uh, I, they didn't tell me where they're taking it, well, Superman picks Lex up, yeah, yeah. takes him to Batman, drops him in between the two of them, and says, this guy's got my mum, you're the world's greatest detective, find her, and then we'll have a coffee and a chat about whatever your issues are. Alfred had no problem finding yeah. Martha Kent. Yeah. So, so there's one way you could have completely avoided that fight. The second way you could have avoided the fight, Superman beams on over, swings in at super speed before Batman even <laughs> sees him, completely rips that tin suit off him, deposits him in the middle of the room wearing nothing but his bat undershorts, and says, right, enough of this shit, we're going to talk, and here's why. And tells him what Lex is doing. Yeah. End of fight. Well, that... Before it even begins. Yeah. Well, the bit... I, I can't decide where it lost me. That's it? where it lost... The fight lost me. 
I don't because for me. it's two characters acting remarkably out of character and even borderline stupid well, to make the film be Batman versus Superman. To me, it was either the building blowing up and Superman standing there. Or it was the. You're bit, not even attempting to rescue anybody. Or it was the bit where Batman swings around the corner and crashes into Superman, and Superman tells him to stop it. <laughs> and at no point does Batman say, "In the past twenty years that I've been active, the only thing I've broken is a few bones. You've broken an entire city." <laughs> See, there's, there's just that that is where it lost me. The actual fight thing. Up until that point, they were exploring a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah. Even if it was... I'm, I'm watching it going, this is very anti-Superman as mm. a film. And I don't know why I expected more, but the end of Man of Steel, which I enjoyed immensely when we watched it a couple of days ago, actually gave me hope that maybe we were going to get a pro-Superman movie. Yeah. But we didn't. We got reheated Frank Miller and it would again. And it would have been nice to have that anti-Superman hmm intro to have yeah if you're then going to go the other way but even even then they don't justify it so then we get the big fight between Batman and Superman that Batman wins well gee I'm surprised by that Hmm. honestly I cannot understand how Superman fans would get behind this film at all (laughs) I really can't it's it's surprising to me that any Superman fans like this film yeah I'm, I'm w- again, lovely listener, I am willing to listen to, to Michael Bailey, king of the Superman fans, I am willing to listen to him defend the film, if he can. You know what was a major signpost of how wrong the people who wrote it was? Mm. In the comics, in every single version of this scene, mm. how does Batman get kryptonite? Uh, hasn't Superman given it Superman him? gives it to Superman him because he trusts it. Yeah. How does he get kryptonite in this? He steals it off Lex Luthor. Yeah. Does that not kind of say a lot? Well, yeah, it kind of does, I suppose. I mean, I, I think as the listeners can tell, we just don't have as... It's just such a disappointing film. I genuinely do not see what people have... I can see... Right, so I like some bits about it. I can see I why Batman fans have liked it. I can't it. see why it's been so loved by people who aren't critics. Because I understand that I'm coming at it from the mindset of reading comics and I have more than just the films. But I... I I can't under... Again, I'm I'm anxious now to listen to John and Francis talk about this. Because there's no two bigger Superman fans, really, Mm. other than Mr. Bailey. But I I honestly can't understand how a Superman fan can get behind this movie. At the end... Well, yeah. They want, the, so they want him to be... He's Jesus. That's what they're playing with. The amount of religious allegory well, in it. and not and just that, but when they're holding the body, that shot is what they use to advertise Infinite Crisis. Mm-hmm. When they have the two-page spreads of all the... The, the Last Supper thing. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah. And that was what they were going for. And in the corner, you had a burning cross. Yeah. So... All right. But, well, so they wanted the whole Superman to... His sacrifice is what justifies him and redeems him as this hero mm. that he's supposed to be. That nobody witnesses. So this... So nobody sees it happen. So we've established that Wonder Woman is just as strong as Superman. Yeah. Because she laughs and smiles when she's fighting Doomsday. Yeah, the only one that laughs and smiles about the entire movie yeah, is Wonder Woman. I thought it was great because she's a warrior. Yeah, she, was, she had no problems with Wonder Woman. No, but let's give this staff to her let's yeah. give the spear well, to I her. thought that was what he was going to do yeah I thought he was going to bring the spear out or Lewis was going to carry it out or whatever go to Wonder Woman and say we found the staff if I throw it because maybe Superman can throw better I don't, he's got to be more super, powerful super, super yeah. <laughs> if I throw it and <clears throat> you then jump onto it and push it through his chest we can take this guy down so yeah. again it's another example of we want to turn the death of Superman into a Batman story Yes. Which is what they did. And the death of Superman, I think that was just so tacked on. That's why, well, especially when they got the engagement ring, I couldn't stop myself from laughing. And Anya said, why are you laughing? He's dead. And I said, that's exactly why I'm laughing. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's not even... But then the end, it ends with him not being it dead. It ends with him not being dead, yeah. It ends. Don't worry, so he played with him dying when he's in space and gets nuked, and then they get him stabbed through the chest, and then he's alive by the end of the same film. Yeah. 
I can't even muster up any bile for it. Can you tell? <laughs> There's no excessive rant going but on. Maybe it's maybe it's our ages that I'm angry and you're. You're not angry, and I'm <laughs> I'm just like, profoundly disappointed by it to the point where I can't even muster up a rant. Because from for the longest time, I've not liked the idea, and I've been slagging it off. And I got to the point where I'm like, maybe you're being too cynical. Mm. Give it a give it a because that's why I'm watching it. I had no interest in watching it mm. other than I wanted to be proved wrong. Yeah. And I guess that's why I found it as funny as I did. Because you weren't proved because wrong. Because I wasn't proved wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's more you could probably pick apart if you really want to. It did feel like the script just lurched from scene to scene. Yeah. It didn't feel like it particularly flowed very well. Mm. For such a long film, it felt that there were bits that could have been expanded, but there were bits that could have been cut out. The amount of content it had and the running time it had, it was a boring film. I don't don't think I found it boring. I've compared it to The Revenant to you. Yeah, which I've never seen. The Revenant is a 90-minute film padded out with another 90 minutes of scenery shots. So Leo can get an Oscar. Which you do feel like you're watching it for three hours. Batman vs Superman has a shorter running time, far more content than The Revenant, yet I wasn't bored when I watched The Revenant. Mm. I was bored when I watched a a, a blockbuster fight. What what bored you about it? The fight? Yeah. After it blows up, everything after that bored me. Well, Whenever Jesse Eisenberg... uh, Whenever Jesse Eisenberg was on screen. Whenever (laughs) I'm Not Michael Cera shows up... (laughs) Because they go, well, really? Well, no, because he's a bit... He's a, he's a f- <laughs> you have just made this explicit. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to listen to it now and edit it, you moron. You are. Oh, 25 minutes. Because so that's... Can he it. was very... He was the worst part about that film. I don't I, know... No, I, I think the worst part about the film was the script and the tone and the pacing. Well, you know, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. And we've both said uh, Heath Ledger was very good at what he was doing. Yeah. He wasn't the Joker, but he was very good at it. He was a very good interpretation of the Joker. That's that not, version of the Joker. What we had wasn't... That wasn't Lex Luthor, and I don't know who Jesse Eisenberg was being. He was being Lex Luthor if Lex Luthor was the guy who invented Facebook. Because... What's his name? Zuckerberg. Yeah. Because they played with the idea Didn't of... Didn't he play Zuckerberg? Yes. Oh, right. Because he played with the idea of maybe Lex Luthor hates Superman because it's that he feels weak and it's that... Why did he hate Superman? Because it was the whole he feels weak. Is that in the film? Not not he feels weak, but he feels like now there is an all-powerful being that makes humans weak and small and he feels that. Right. And that... I do think they said that. And they talk about Lex Luthor doing that, but Lex Luthor has never been a 12-year-old whiny brat <laughs> who has stroppy little meltdowns. Yeah. He's, he's Kylo Ren. Yeah, but not as not as good as Kylo Ren. No. Because with Kylo Ren, you got that that's what they were going for. Yeah. Whereas with Lex, it was, well, he's a little bit Mark Zuckerberg, and he's a little bit Steve Jobs, and he's a little bit not Michael Cera. And again, and a lot of people have said, like, oh, Jesse Eisenberg's great in it. Simon Mayo didn't. Did you watch another film than I did? Uh-huh. Very possible. So a game of two hours, that then, wasn't it? I do want to know if the 40-minute longer R-rated cut is better. I want to. I want the extra 40 minutes to be Amy Adams in the bath <laughs> to justify the R-rated. That, that was... I think that was the ballsiest bit. I'd watch that. Because you got... <laughs> 40 minutes of Amy Adams when, in the back. When she moves to sit up, there's yeah. close to nipple. Well, um, see, that's another thing that bugged me. Do you know, I, I'm quite the fan of Amy Adams. I'm quite the fan of Naked Ladies. Why did she have to be in the bath for that scene? Lois is portrayed throughout the entire film as... She's the best character in it. And I don't know whether it's because she's the best written character in it, because she's proper Lois, or that it's Amy Adams is just good in everything, or just a mixture of the two, or Amy Adams is just powerful enough to elevate what she's working with. Hmm. Could be any of those things. But then they just have to have her in the bath for the sake of having a nude in the bath. Well, Doesn't that kind of undermine what they're I doing guess, with their character? Despite... Could she not have just got out of the bath and be, like, putting a gown on yeah, and yeah. putting a towel in her or whatever... Why did she have to be naked in the bath? Despite that, I liked that scene. 
because yeah, it's, it's the only it's the only relatable human scene Superman has in the entire it's, film. It's the happiest yeah. scene, despite Lois being shell shocked from nearly dying. Well, there is that because Jimmy Olsen well, that, got shot. That was another thing. Gender well. bending Jimmy Olsen, who is two genders in the same. So was that Jimmy Olsen who got shot dead? Yeah, excellent, brilliant. So was that Zack Snyder? Yes. Deliberately putting Jimmy Olsen in this film for all the people who complained that he was a girl last time th- and saying, "Here you go, I'll give you Jimmy, but I'll shoot him through the face." There was. I knew that was Jimmy because uh, IGN have been posting articles and that. Yeah. Because the readership of IGN must be very stupid. Because <laughs> every time a movie comes out, it says, the end for this film explained, this scene explained, these scenes explained. And they had Snyder in saying, uh, confirming that it was Jimmy Olsen explaining why I did it, but I didn't want to read it. Oh, right, okay. Because I saw Jimmy Olsen killed, and I'm like, oh, read too much. So, so it definitely was Jimmy and he got shot. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Zach. You know what would have made that scene better? What? Just one use of the term intergang. Do you know Just what would have made it better? If Superman had showed up and actually saved people other than Lois. Yeah. So it's shown up just in time and saved Jimmy, taken out all the terrorists and gone in. And you know what would have made it much better? Instead of pushing that terrorist through a wall, which probably killed him. Yeah. But, you know, Superman don't care about killing in this universe. What would have been much better when the guy's got the gun to Lois's head, one move towards me and I pulled a... Tr- and the next scene we see, the guy he stood where Superman was, completely naked, right. and Superman he stood holding Lois with the gun in his hand going, this gun? And he just crushes it. Yeah. Funny, and in character, and nobody dies. But then you don't have the setup of can we trust Superman? That's true, and because so they couldn't milk that entire scene for the rest of the film which, and say that, that was Superman's fault. But which, which doesn't that, that undermine the end of Man of Steel, where he's learned his lesson? Yeah. So doesn't Superman have to be as stupid in this film as he was at the end of Man of Steel? Whereas we cut him some slack at the end of Man of Steel <laughs> because it was his first day on the job. Well, okay, fair enough. It may be my first day on the job, but I know I don't go around snapping necks. But all right, we'll let oh. that go because, yeah, Zod didn't really give him much of a choice. We'll let that slide. But by the point of the beginning of this film, it's two years later. 18 months at the, is what the caption says. Yeah. Ben Affleck has a line of dialogue that says two years. Yes. So they can't quite decide it's, it's on the timeline. Yeah. So maybe the first bit of the film took place over a considerably longer amount of time than we thought it did. Because there was a lot... In the first bit of the film, there's a lot of... It, it is quite a long period of time, I mean. And there's a lot of jumping. Yeah. It's not It's not a perfectly flowing Do film. It's not smooth. one of the Straczynski Earth 1s? Which one? When Superman realises that he's a weapon. He doesn't yeah. belong to anyone. He has that power. He, all the, the dictators and that, mm. he can... When he deposes right. that dictator. Yeah. And then realises he's made a mistake. Because that's what they were going with, but he didn't realise he made a mistake. He justifies it by saying, yes, but I saved the one that I love. Yeah. Whereas in Straczynski's Earth 1, which is really good if you've not read them, that's what the movie should have been. Mm. I would argue that's what the New 52 should have been. Yeah. Because they're really exceptional. Batman Earth 1, eh, not so much. But Superman Earth 1, definitely. Yeah. So the Superman at the beginning of this film has learned nothing other than, well, as long as Lois is safe. But if they were going for that and then just had him learn his lesson yeah. instead of stupidly trying to redeem himself like he's a Jesus. Yeah. It's just, the, the, the writing on the character of Superman in this movie is just appallingly bad. And it just carries Which on. Which is a shame, because Henry Cavill's great in Henry Ca- Henry Cavill, he's not bad in this, he's just not given anything to work with. It's like, yeah, Henry, yeah, we're not going to do a sequel to Man of Steel. We're going to put Batman in your film, because we like Batman better. Oh, and by the way, is you're it... going to get second billing. Is it? Batman in Superman's film or is it Superman in a Batman film? Well, that's, I think that, that goes to what I've said about the first hour. The first hour is two completely different yeah. films mashed together. Because despite them doing a very good job of setting up Batman in it, mm. it might have benefited from a Batman film before it. Or another Superman film. Yeah. So like a Man of Steel 2 and then a Batman yeah. And then Batman Superman, and then Justice League. Yeah. But they just want to rush straight to Justice League. And that was another, that we've already said this, the plot stops to introduce characters from Justice League. Yeah. Who mean nothing to the vast majority of the audience. Mm. Let's be brutally honest, yet again, who in the audience 
just general public people who are paying to make the 425 million this made in its opening weekend, how many of those do you think knew who Cyborg is? Yeah. And give a toss. Uh, how many of them do you think knew who Aquaman is? Suppose. And give a toss. Then how many of them do you think are going to go... And how many of them that's didn't the recognise The Flash? Yeah. Because of the TV show? But I, by saying that, are you thinking too little of the audience? It could be. Because how many people thought that Green Lantern was black in the film? Because, because they'd the watched cartoon. the Justice League cartoons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the Teen Titans cartoon where there's a cyborg in it. True. So maybe more people know about cyborg. Um, but what about Aquaman? What's Aquaman's That's pop culture present? Uh, Couple joke, of appearances on Brave and the Bold. The joke about him on Big Bang Theory. And he says, outrageous! On Brave. He's good in Brave and the Bold, actually. Like he, has, he has a musical, doesn't he? Does, he has a musical number. So, uh, alright, maybe there's a little bit more pop culture penetration for some of those characters than I'm giving them credit for. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I did, I do agree with you that bit where Wonder Woman just sits and watch some CCTV footage. Yeah. You're like, get on with the film. Just send, yeah, just send her the photo, Batman. Yeah. Send her the photo and just follow it up with, how can you be here then? That's a yeah. good mystery but that sets up the Wonder Woman movie yeah, brilliantly. The photo was the best bit of setup. Well,. The icons that Bruce finds were, yeah, just were a good them. setup, and then, then, they, then they bang you over the head with it. Yeah, oh, we've got a Justice League movie coming, and is that next after Wonder Woman? Justice League, yeah, oh yeah. So they're not even giving Flash and Aquaman their own movies you know before I, the Justice League. You know what I bet they're going to do with Justice League? What? Dark Side, probably because they've set and they did a great job of the setting off the yeah the the new God stuff in it. But they're going to just jump right into it. And is that going to land at roughly the same time that Avengers 3 with Thanos? Hits oh, right, okay. In exactly the same way that Batman v Superman has hit theatres at exactly the same time as Captain America vs. Iron Man. Mum pointed something out in the cinema whilst we were waiting for you to get the tickets. Yeah. She looked to our left and saw the poster of Batman vs. Superman mm. with Batman and Superman on either side staring at each other. Yeah. She then turned to the right <laughs> and saw the Civil War. The Civil War one where it's Captain America and <laughs> Iron Man on either side staring yeah. at each other. Yeah. See, Civil War was originally supposed to come out on the same day as Batman vs. Superman. But then moved it. But then they moved. Mm. Or did Batman Superman. Because Batman Superman was supposed to come out last year. But it moved to a mystery. And then did it move to avoid Star Wars or something? I don't know. There's been a lot of jiggery pokery with the release dates. Yeah. yeah. So, overall, I can't really say it was as bad as the critics have said that it is. But I certainly can't say it's as good as its most ardent defenders have said it is. Despite it having a few bits that I did like, I, I'm going to side on the critics. Okay. I was, I was uh, disappointed. I think is is the best word to describe it. As you can probably tell, lovely listener from from listening, I can't even generate up enough enthusiasm to be ranty and negative about it. It's just. It exists. Yeah. It was adequate. I'm glad we didn't pay full price to go and watch <laughs> it. I'm glad we waited till Scrubber Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a packed theatre. It. What, what was the vibe you got from the audience? From well, I didn't like the majority of. <laughs> no, I, I hated the person next to me. I hated the person in front of us. That as well. Just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get a vibe of. Of anything. Pe- people were quick to leave. Yeah, whereas... As soon as the credits started. What were the audience like for Star Wars? For Force Awakens? Didn't people applaud? Yeah. What was that little girl like well, at the it side was, of us? It, was, it had a more respectful audience. Possibly. Like but, I said, but there wasn't the pe- as many young kids. I guess, but the people who showed up, they were all loud and chatting and moving and bustling. When the, the second Star Wars started, everyone shut up mm. until the very end when everyone like applauded. Yeah. And the vibe from Star Wars was one of total and complete and utter enjoyment of what you've just seen. <coughs> what was the vibe for Batman v Superman? I, th- I don't know. It's was the one? I, I was it just a resounding meh? There was no young girls getting giddy over no. characters. There was there was no little girls being all excited about Ray. There was no kids being you know genuinely excited. There were no excited. kids. There were no kids. Yeah. A couple. Was there? Yeah. Where were they? Because I originally thought, is Andy old enough for this? Yeah, because it's... What rating was it? Did you notice? Was it a 12 air? Yeah. Oh, well, she's seen Dark Knight movies, and... She's seen Gone Girl, so... 
which was Ben Affleck. And Kick-Ass. And Kick-Ass. But, you know, Kick-Ass is a strong female character. Yeah. She loves, really a little bit, she loves a little bit of Hit Girl. No, the, the lead, the girl in, in Gone Girl is, is crazy. Oh, yeah. Hit Girl is also crazy. Yes. <laughs> but in a, a good way. Part. What did you think of it? What was your general impression of it? Yes. See, that's, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Me and Michael have sat through this. He's been a little bit angrier than me, but not Why, really you, why am I so angry with you two? Well, I, I, my, my overall impression is just one of just disappointment. Just why is meh. Superman so good in Man of Steel and not in that? That's exactly what we want to know. Man of Steel's better, isn't it? Yeah. Man of Steel's a better film. Ben Affleck doesn't suck as Batman, but he's not good. I didn't mind him. That's I liked Alfred. Is. I didn't. Oh, did you know? I like Jeremy Irons. No, no, didn't no. like him. Oh, okay. That surprised me. Quite like Jeremy Irons. No. I liked his line about for the next generation of Waynes. If there is to be oh, a yeah. next generation yeah. of Waynes. I quite liked that Bruce and Alfred liked each other. Yeah, that was nice. We've not seen that in a while. Not seen that in a while, Bruce. Well, you kind of get the feeling Alfred oh. tolerated. Well, like, did you get the vibe that he'd not been Batman for a while? No. No, I didn't get that there was a I, retirement vibe. I got the vibe no. that he just started, despite the 20 years but of there's, there's career. But there's loads of dialogue there, and there's a Robin costume in the back, Kev. Yeah. And there's all the, the old suits as well. Yeah. So... And that wasn't a new back, Kev. That's... That was used. Yeah. Well, right, we'll see. It wasn't That's really a back cave, was it? It was a cave. I mean, was there a Wayne Manor? Yes. A Wayne Manor, it was destroyed. Yeah. He lived... Near, near it. It. Right. Which I liked because that's not unlike Batman. No. When he lived in the penthouse. Yeah, that's true. That's what I said. There's so much of it that was, Again, was okay. Why are Metropolis and Gotham next to each other? They're just over the bay. Yeah. What's that about? That's to make it convenient for them to be able to see the because bat signal from Metropolis. So he stood on LexCore in Metropolis and, and can the see bat the bat signal, signal right there. Yeah. But, at no, very but at no point in Man of Steel did they mention that Batman was around. Yeah. So it's because Man of Steel, you get the impression Superman's the first, don't you? Yeah. Now I know you can argue a case Batman's not a superhero per se. No, he's not. But you can. But surely they would mention that there's another guy running around because Martha, when he rescues Martha, and he says, "I'm a friend of your son," and she says, "Yeah, I got that, the cape." Yeah. But if Batman's been around for twenty years, even Hicksville, Kansas. Will surely have heard of I him. Could get behind the five-year timeline <laughs> urban myth, but not the twenty-year timeline. Well, not the twenty-year timeline. Yeah. So he's been Batman since he's what about twenty-four? Because he says he's older than his dad. He's older than his dad ever was. Yeah. And he, his parents died in nineteen eighty-one. Standard yeah. comics canon either has him age eight or age twelve when his parents die. Right. Depending on which version of the comics you're reading, he's either eight or twelve. So that, if we go for eight, that puts his birth date in 1971-73-74, which would make Ben Affleck younger than me, which I don't think he is. So maybe we'll go for... I think Ben Affleck's a bit older than me, or we're the same age. We're roughly contemporaneous. So if we say he was born in 72 then, and his parents were killed in 81, that puts him at nine years of age, doesn't it? Mm. Which fits swirly in the canon of Bruce's, the age Bruce is supposed to be when his parents die. So that's fine. So then, yeah, so he's been Batman for 20 years. Yeah. So he was Batman when he was twen- early 20s, when he started. But I don't... I have a problem with starting your Batman franchise with The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. The Dark Knight Returns is the end of the Batman story. This Full is a Batman... Time. Yeah, it's a Batman who's pissed off, who gave up, who's come out of retirement because he's realised giving up was a mistake. Yeah. And so you can't start your franchise with the end. Mm. So although Affleck was, was alright, I think you ultimately... You can if you're George Lucas, yeah. That's true. Or if that's the story you want to tell. Yeah. But Ben Affleck's not going to get any younger. No. So we can't do stories of Batman's early days unless we recast again. If it wasn't a sequel to Man of Steel, it could have been one of the last Batman stories. Yeah. Because that would work. Yeah. And it's the, my big problem with it is ultimately... Can we get over Frank Miller now, please? Please, for the love of God, can we move past... Even Daredevil isn't as slavish to Frank Miller as that film was. Well, I said... That was amazing. I said said to you in the car, the Adam West Batman is the most faithful live-action adaptation because it was 
adapted. It was reflecting of the comics of the time. And yet today, Scott Snyder's been on a critically acclaimed and fan-loved four-year run of Batman. Yeah. Can we not get a Snyder film? Yeah, can we not have a Batman best on that? Yeah. Instead Even of a, instead of a 30-year-old take so on Batman say at this point. Batman Endgame, you've got all the destruction of Gotham you want, mm. you can kill off Batman at the end if you want, mm. and it would make a, a much better film. Or just base it on the Snyder version. Yeah. Hell, base it on Steve Englehart's version. <laughs> base it on Mike W. Barr's version, because his version was a lot grittier than people give him credit for. Yeah. Mike W. Barr's version of Batman, he didn't kill. But he didn't stop. But he had no problem with them dying if it was by their own actions yeah. or their actions of one. I mean, my favourite one of them, he hides behind a dead criminal. Right, okay. The, like, the guy's dead, I'm not being shot, yeah. so he hides behind this body and then punches the other guy's lights out. So do a Mike W. Barr version of Batman. Please, for the love of God, just get over your fascination with Frank Miller. Stop bending over, parting cheek, and taking Frank Miller up the arse. Or being taken up by Frank Miller. Frank it's just, I've had enough now. I'm bored of Frank Miller. I'm bored of The Dark Knight Returns. I liked Batman in it. I liked Batman in it. He was by no means... He's a 30-year-old take on Batman. Yeah. He's not the Batman of the current comics. He's not the Batman of the New 52. I do think, despite people slagging off the New 52, that's the Batman we deserve and need. You can slag off the New 52 as a concept as much as you want. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run on Batman is is a definitive version. It will go down with Steve Englehart, Mike Barr and Alan Davis, Marshall Rogers, Denny O'Neill. It will go down as a quintessential run on that character. And it deserves it. Yeah, especially now it's done. Yeah, that's desperately the Batman we need in movies. Mm. But we're not going to get it while these guys are in charge. No. We're going to get reheated Frank Miller over and over again. they read it when they were... That's what they read when it came out. Yeah. So I am hoping that one day people who read Scott Snyder's run now will in 20 years' time make a film about it. Why don't the people who are in charge now... Jeff Johns, who, correct me if I'm wrong, but works at DC Comics? Yeah. Is that that right? Why doesn't he who's spearheading all of this, uh, hey, why don't you read these modern comics, Zach? Isn't he more interested in the TV shows, though? He's doing a better job with the TV shows. Stick with the TV shows. Yeah, I think he should just stick with the TV shows. I'm going to put money right now. I've not seen Supergirl meets The Flash yet. I am willing to bet money it is better than that film. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right, well, well, do you want to do an email? What should we? Yeah, go on. We may as well end on a positive. <laughs> we'll end on a positive note and uh, and do an email. Here's a commercial break. Stop and listen. Stop and listen to me. Listen. Listen, listen to me. They're not human. Everyone. They're here already. You're next. November 4th, 1988. Earth is invaded by an alien alliance composed of several species, including the Dominators, the Kuns, the Tanagarians, and the Durlins. And they want our superheroes. Even though Australia has been decimated, the United Nations response is unequivocal. Drop dead. First Strike, the Invasion podcast, takes you back to that moment in time and covers the entire Invasion DC Comics crossover, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes. First Strike, the Invasion Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Melbourne. All right, well, we're back. That was a commercial break. Um, we didn't even talk about Doomsday because it was just lame. General Zod's Doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how, how the camera angle kept altering slightly so you didn't, didn't see little General Zod. That's because he was smooth. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, because you could see. Oh, okay. Do you remember in the comics when they wore a containment suit and they did the Hulk thing? Yeah. They, yeah. They didn't even bother giving him junk. Did they not? Because Superman must have it, because he got in yeah. the bath with Lois. But if, if you're going to have him be naked, just do some junk. Well, Superman, we saw his cock again in, in Man of Steel, didn't we? We did, which... Like in the first Superman yeah, that was what I was going to say. Because yeah. that's what Man of Steel is. It's just a remake of Superman 1 and Superman 2. And Man of Steel was a masterpiece in comparison to, to Dawn of Justice. I know. Which is a very silly name. 
<laughs> Dawn of Justice. It's a mouthful. It's called Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Jason Giaconetti wrote her. Lou Giaconetti's brother. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool, that. Mm. Excellent. Cheers, Jason. If you don't get an email from one, it's the other. It's brilliant, that, isn't it? Batman six in the yam bag. <laughs> Don't even know what a yam bag is. Just ask Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah, Jason Giaconetti, Michael and Andy, you buggery bastards. There's no buggery going on here, mate. I just finished listening to your long Halloween and Dark Victory episodes, and now I wonder why I liked both of these series. <laughs> Do you know, I really hate ruining stories didn't, for people. Didn't we want a positive end? <laughs> but Dark Victory, we were moderately positive. As someone who does not read many comics and usually doesn't have the time to reread a series, you two pointing out the plot holes makes me want to revisit them, bastiches. So I guess this means that I need to steer clear of any of your podcasts talking about anything that I may have enjoyed. <laughs> you tear it apart I'm so sorry Jeff. I hope you didn't enjoy Donna Justice oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't guessed yet I'm joking or as you would say I'm taking the piss anyway what I wanted to talk about was the idea that since Batman which like James Bond has been around for so long there clearly would be missteps or stories that are not up to snuff there are far more Batman stories over the years so there have to be more stories that are not up to par than lesser characters but isn't that just the product of success as a Bond film can be panned by critics, but still made money hand over fist, Batman also falls into that category, which plays into what we were just talking about, wasn't it? The film's been critic-proof. Yeah. It's made $424 million over its opening weekend. Jason continues. So what I like in this too is professional wrestling. WWE produces sports entertainment for the masses. And while hardcore fans may find some stuff they like, it tends not to be the wrestling they love now. They look back on the wrestling that hooked them and they miss those days. Bond and Batman are just two characters that fall in that category. And whilst you can like new stories, we are looking for the characters we know and love. What are your thoughts on this? Take care and talk to you guys later, Jason Jacanetta, who hosts... Bots, Bugs and Babes, and the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror on TwoTrueFeaks.com. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we want to go and see the Batman of yesteryear? I think that... I, was, I well, think, no, we I just got I a did. film with the Batman of yesteryear. Because The Dark Knight Returns is in no way a modern comic book. It's not, that's true. And both of us... 30 years old now? 1985, 86, so yeah. So it's 30 years old. And both of us have come out saying, no, can we have the Scott Snyder Batman now, please? Yeah. Can we please, please, please stop fellating Frank Miller? But I think if we, that's to do with Scott Snyder. If we, if we were to get a modern a Batman based on the comics of, say, five, ten years ago, we wouldn't be asking for a modern-day Batman film. Well, we got a Batman based on the long Halloween and the dark victory. Eh? Suppose. So I mean, so, I mean, I suppose at least in this one we, we did get a Batman that was vaguely detective-y. More because of his surveillance and CCTV cameras than intelligence. Which is more detective work than the last three Batman films. Yeah, well, he did a little bit in Batman Begins, didn't he? Did he? A little bit. Is that not because it was an adaptation of Frank Miller's... No, well, it was more Long Halloween in Dark Victory, wasn't it? The last three, the Christopher Batman Nolan three. Yeah, Batman Begins was more... Was I, thought, I thought that was more... Was that more year, year one? one? I'd have to rewatch. Because it's got the bit in the building he's escaping from. Yeah, alright, I suppose so. Oh, uh, yeah, so I don't know about that, Jason, to be honest with you. Because I think we've just come out of a film where we got an old Batman. And we would rather have a modern take on Batman. Yeah. I don't know, what do we know? Anyway, our last email, because it's the only one we've got left in the bags. Chris Franklin. Hi, Christopher. It's always nice to hear from Chris. Hello, Leyland. Superman v. Batman. No, it isn't. It's Spider-Man v Superman. Dawn of crossovers. See what he did there? Very topical. Good that. Well, that's why we did it. Ah. Everyone else was talking about Batman. We want to talk about Spider-Man. Hello, Leylands. Hello, Christopher. You guys are lifesavers. After hearing all the bad word of mouth coming out of the folks who saw early previews of Batman v Superman the night before, my inner geek was crying all over my pre-purchase tickets. Then I saw that a new Hey Kids was in my iTunes, and it was about a subject full of joy. The original Superman vs. Spider-Man tabloid treasury comic and there was much rejoicing not much to add about the actual comic as you covered the history and the story very well as always but I will add an odd little factoid I've never heard mentioned elsewhere but one I noticed Andy you mentioned how there were similarities between this comic and Superman the movie well oddly enough an image from Lex from this comic was swiped for the box of the Mego 12 inch Superman movie inspired series of action figures even odder you guys both mentioned Peter Parker's odd space invader sweater jumper well that same unique sweater shows upon Jimmy Olsen in a Superman colour form set released around the time of Superman the movie. So someone at colour forms must have been looking at that comic and assumed Peter Parker was Jimmy Olsen. Well, Peter's lucky he didn't get shot in the face then, isn't he? <laughs> 
Or maybe there's a DC Marvel crossover going on in a colour form set we just don't know about. They did have the Marvel licence as well. Great episode, and thanks for the pick-me-up, Chris. Love the show, Steve. It's always nice to get one of them. It is. That's interesting about the colour forms. I did not know that, so uh, thank you very much for that, Christopher. Uh, Very sorry that the word of mouth about Batman v Superman was not positive, (laughs) and that we have not been able to add any more positivity to it. Yeah. So, like I say, you know, I didn't think it was anywhere near as bad as everyone said it was. It was just decidedly meh. It may be one of those that improves on repeated viewings, but I don't know if I want to waste another 155 minutes of my life. I'll give the R rating a go. You reckon? Yeah. I'm and, hoping, and hope that it's just more of Lois in the back. I'm hoping Because there's, <laughs> there's an entire character got cut from the film. Right. And I'm hoping that those 40 minutes will... Make it make more sense. Or at least just add something to it. Okay. Alright. Well, and at home you can turn the contrast up. Because <laughs> yeah, that scene where Bruce wakes up and it's in the first thing in the morning, it's <laughs> turn the light on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be my big critical note, dear Zach. Turn the lights on, love Andy. The bit in the Middle East at the beginning with the brightest bits. We're only just. Yeah. All right. Well, this was impromptu. So uh, there's another couple coming up. We've got some Easter specials that we recorded over Easter, which won't actually be Easter specials. They'll be coming out real soon. That are Iron Man Extremis, World War Hulk, and then we will conclude this trilogy of Marvel blockbusters with Captain America White, which I'll probably release around the time of Civil War. Or release release the beginning bit, and Mm. then release the next Release Iron Man Extremis, and then a couple of weeks later. No, the first part of Captain America White. The email section. (laughs) And then release the main book next and year. And release the rest of it in eight years' time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We're not, we're not miserable. Made you miserable. And we'll see you whenever next time, next episode. Bye bye.
Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production and a Two True Freaks presentation. Episodes drop intermittently. It is hosted by Andrew and Michael Leyland. All sound clips and music used in the show are for review purposes only, so don't sue us because we talk over them, so it's not like people can rip them off. Correspondence to the show can be sent to heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. 